everybody welcome back to the first ever uh, upside swing speed run we have a shit ton of prospects we're going to hit on today this is our last prospect breakdown pod before we start a really exciting project um i'll let stone get into that in his introduction but we have a ton of prospects we're going to run through as quickly as possible this might be two parts because you know we're windbags who love talking about guys who aren't even going to get drafted um but this is an exciting first step here um i'm joined as always by stone hansen and ryan davis stone how you doing uh i'm doing pretty well i'm really excited to talk about a lot of these guys um even though i would say majority of them probably aren't going to hear their name uh come draft night uh, i think uh, there's still opportunities for them to get like two-way um, deals and in, in summer league invites. So there's there's a bit of intrigue, uh, even though they may not get drafted. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for this group of guys, even though it's a lot. Absolutely, Davis, how you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm good as well. I uh, like some of these guys here. Some of them I haven't watched a lot on, but um, either way, I'm always always happy to talk talk basketball and especially uh be on be on a podcast with with you too absolutely and uh before we get going here uh stone i'm gonna throw it to you uh i think it's time we break the news we've been sort of whispering about an exciting project coming with the podcast so uh, why don't you tell the people what we're going to be doing with the next month leading up to the draft yeah so um uh, as we've already said on Twitter, we're going to have our, our live reaction show uh, on the halftime app um, throughout the, the lottery. But starting the day after, actually, uh, we're going to be releasing pods um, from then until up until the draft or, or right before uh, where we're interviewing guests who cover a team or have a really extensive knowledge of the team um, and break down how they think their team uh, should have approached the draft. Um, whether it be what, what needs their team may have, um, prospects they like, who they think they should trade for, or how their offseason should go, uh, just sort of breaking down um, how their team relates to the draft uh, and, and what they would like to see. Um, and we're actually going to be bringing in like some really exciting guests that I think a lot of people may know, some people may not know as much, uh, but having a good mix of, of that. Um, so we're really excited for it. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna get we're gonna get pretty deep in the minutia there, and it, it's just something we're really excited for. Uh, we started talking about this idea, honestly, not long after we started the podcast, and it's it's really exciting to uh, to sort of get to a point where it's going to be coming to fruition. Um, but for today, we are doing a, a deep dive into a lot of prospects, uh, and we're just gonna go player to player and. A couple of us are going to sort of comment on what we think about him. Uh, so we're going to start with Matt Mitchell from San Diego State University. Um, Matt Mitchell is one of those players I would point to as my guys in this draft. Uh, just everything I look for in sort of a late first, early second round pick, Matt Mitchell brings. Um, he's about six seven, six eight, uh, but really built, really strong. Um, you know, some, some might even say a little out of shape, 
but you know, they say fat is potential in disguise. Um, and, and he uses that strength well on both ends. Um, and he also moves really well for that size. Um, so those are the two things that really stand out to me. Uh, and that's not to mention the fact that he is an excellent three point shooter, a really interesting isolation score. This isn't just like someone we're going to talk about next Isaiah livers or, you know, in the NBA guys like PJ Tucker, who are really only sort of static shooters. He has a really interesting isolation handle package. Um, that could add some versatility to his game. Uh, and, and he's played in, in multiple contexts. So I first sort of caught wind of Matt Mitchell last year uh, because I really loved Malachi Flynn. That SDSU team was nearly undefeated, uh, I think, until they were they lost in the conference tournament to Sam Merrill in Utah State. Um, but just a really interesting player. He, he plays off ball. He plays on ball. Uh, I would say one of the more underrated players in this draft was one of the more underrated players in all of college basketball last year. Um, and the NBA projection is really sound. As a shooter, uh, the mechanics look really good. The numbers, everything backs up. Good free throw shooter. And it's sort of a question of what level of defender he can be. But with that body and those movement skills, it, it's hard to see him being a bad defender at any point in his career, uh, at least in my opinion. And that's just a recipe for a helpful NBA player. Um, but I'm not the only one with stuff to say on Matt Mitchell. So I'll throw it over to Stone. Stone, uh, how are you feeling about Matt Mitchell? Yeah, um, I really like him too. I'm maybe not quite as high on him as, as you are, although I would still uh, heavily consider him in the, in the mid-second round. Um, he, like you mentioned, uh, the, the weight is a little bit of an issue for me. Um, he has some, uh, you know, unsavory pounds that I think would he would be much better off um, shedding because as you mentioned he's still already like a really good isolation player good ball handler uh, we I would tend to notice late in games he uh, gets tired um, exhausted actually at, at certain points and that can cause um, some sort of lazy passes and, and lazy dribbles um, and then also you know I, I think it affects his burst quite a bit as well so being able to um, already improve upon what he's shown by losing that weight, I think would really help progress him even further. Um, he can post up though on, on smaller guys. He has a decent post game um, for, um, even though it's not going to be obviously uh, heavily used in the NBA. Um, really good shooter, like you said, good off movement and off the dribble as well. Um, something you're not going to find a whole lot of when you get later into the draft. Um, so I like a lot of the skills he brings. Uh, the other thing too is generating free throws. Um, this year he almost like um, nearly doubled what he'd done previous years uh, in terms of generating free throw attempts, um, which is a really good sign, just showing his aggressiveness and uh, how comfortable he feels within his game to be able to get to the line. Um, so there, those are just some points uh, I guess that I would bring to the table as well with Mitchell. Um, all around, just a guy offensively who I really like. Um, defensively is okay. Um, he obviously, like I said, lacks some burst and acceleration. So on the perimeter might get blown by here and there. But uh, overall, definitely as someone I would take a gamble on, uh, at least in the mid-second round. Yeah, uh, my, my last word on Matt Mitchell will just be that uh, he's proven he can excel in multiple contexts. And when you're looking at guys in that late, late first, early second, for me, that really matters. He, he knows how to play off uh, more consistent ball handlers. But he's also shown 
the willingness to step up and be that sort of superstar in quotes that his team needed uh, and really take on a lot of usage, get to the line, be super aggressive. So he has both those gears. And that's something like I really look for in a wing forward of his size at that point in the draft. Um, but with that yeah. being said, oh, go ahead, Sam. I was just going to say one final point I had too, is I uh, kind of to your point is I loved um, the patience that you showed on offensively. Like he never really rushed things or um, tried to force anything within the offense. He really um, was patient and, and found good looks for himself and others. So that's something that really stood out to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that being said, Stone, do you want to move on to the next guy? Uh, yeah. So uh, with this guy, Isaiah Livers, um, he's a really straightforward prospect, actually, probably um, less to his game than, than Matt Mitchell in terms of just complexity. Um, I mean, a lot a lot just like your, your prototypical three and D type player, um, although he's a really, really good three point shooter. Um, the one thing I really look for in, in guys like him um, who are so predicated upon the three point shooting is how closeouts affect them. Uh, and with Isaiah Livers, they just don't like a guy can be right up in his girl hand, uh, you know, inch from his face, and it does not affect his shot at all, uh, which was really impressive to me. Um, he's a decent on ball guy, um, probably not, probably not going to be his role in the NBA, um, but he has that capability here and there. Um, really deep range too. Um, another thing with three point shooters uh, that I like to look at and that I value to kind of separate themselves from just your typical um, three point specialist. Um, so having that deep range in his arsenal is uh, also interesting to me as well. Um, not that great of a finisher, unfortunately, uh, but like I said, it's really just not going to be probably his role in the NBA. Um, he's going to be just, you know, probably camping out on the three-point line, and that's that's going to be it for him. Uh, and then defensively, I actually really like him. Um, he moves laterally considering his size. Um, like you see his frame and you wouldn't think it, uh, but he does move really well on the perimeter. Um, I personally think he has like the defensive potential to maybe lock some guys down. Um, probably not going to be relied upon to do that, but he's he's got the wherewithal and the, the defensive um, tactics to be able to do that, I think. Um, so with that being said, I know also uh, Davis has some thoughts on Isaiah Livers, so I'll throw it to him. Yeah, I mean, basically hit everything. Uh, he's obviously a very good shooter, like 40% from three um this last season uh like six rebounds too so he's a pretty pretty decent rebounder um he has good size uh which helps him a lot on on defense uh pretty versatile on defense and i do uh, buy the defense as well like like you said i do think he has the potential to lock some guys up or at least make them work pretty hard to uh just score have a good game um but I, I at least see him as a three and D guy. Um, he also has like that that leadership already. Was a senior, been that been in that role, and he had to lead and, and you know keep his team keep his team going. But um, I think he's best suited for like a contender. Um, I think he can help a contender off the bench just with his shooting and and defense alone. But I like Livers. I would, I would he's he's definitely a draftable guy for me.
yeah uh my I, my only word on livers will just be that uh he 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 got to play in a sort of NBA system too this year, which is something that I think really helps him um, under uh, Jawan Howard, who's just an amazing college coach. Um, but Stone, uh, if you want to move to the next guy, yeah, um, this guy is one of the more interesting archetypes I think we'll talk about today. Uh, I, I really struggle with his last name, so I'm just going to call him Sandrew Mamo. Um, I think everybody who listens to this podcast probably knows who he is. I know Bryce is kind of the expert with last names, so if you want to try to pronounce it for me. Uh, I believe it's Mamu Kailashvili is how you say that. Yeah, so Sandro is um, someone I'm, I'm really interested in. Um, mostly, I mean, most of the, what, the intrigue with him is how huge he is as a ball handler. So he's like six foot 11, six foot 10. Um, but has a really functional handle, which uh, is, people really like Sangoon, and we talked about why we're lower on him. Um, I actually see Sandro's handle as much more functional than, than Sangoon's, um, just being able to get around a uh, point of attack and, and things like that. Um, and obviously is a, a fantastic passer um, for his size. He's, you don't really see guys his size being able to make movement passes and things like he does. Uh, with the accuracy and precision that he has. Um, that's just something that it, it doesn't happen very often. Um, so it's really, really interesting. Um, the shooting is a concern for some people. I actually buy it. Um, he shows really, really deep range occasionally. Uh, good touch around the rim. Um, he gets in his shooting motion fairly quickly too. Like he's, he's pretty much already in position before the ball gets to him. Um, so that's something I also uh, like about his shooting. Um, he's not going to be any sort of off-the-dribble shooter. Um, the, one of the indicators as to why people don't really buy his shooting, is, or some people at least, is the uh, free throw percentage is pretty low. Um, so that's sort of a red flag. Um, like I said, though, with, with according to the eye test for me, uh, the three-point shooting is, is going to stick, in my opinion. Um, He's going to need a very specific context to thrive, I think, too. Um, not very many people are going to let someone like Sandro run their offense and get the usage uh, that he needs to be effective. Um, and also, defensively, it's just atrocious. So <laughs> that's probably, uh, for all the intrigue he has offensively, um, that's why he's not talked about as like a first-round guy or anything, because uh, defensively, he's just going to give it all back. Um, so I'm not even really going to hit on it too much here today because we are limited on, on time somewhat. But, um, yeah, offensively is where the intrigue comes from. And um, as a mid to late second round guy, it's someone I would definitely take a look at. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Uh, Mamu, I think the shooting that you touched on is, for me, the most intriguing skill, even almost above the ball handling, uh, because it looks really good. Uh, I absolutely buy that shot. It is uh, almost picture perfect. Um, but speaking of a really good jumper, um, I'm going to hit really quickly on Tyson Etienne out of um, uh, Wichita State. Uh, I first noticed him all the way back when I did my Cade Cunningham scouting report and uh, I watched the Wichita State versus um, Oklahoma State game, and I was really impressed by Etienne. Uh, something I look for with guards like him that I'm going to, you know, take a chance on probably undrafted is – do they have two of three skills that I think could potentially make them a good offensive point guard? 
Uh, and those are either elite passing, uh, good pull-up shooting, or elite burst. And to me, he has really good pull-up shooting and, and some pretty surprising, pretty good burst. Um, so there's a chance for him to make it as sort of a scoring guard, especially if that defense comes up. Uh, he's just one of those guys who, to me, kind of fits that mold that I'm looking for of if I'm going to take a chance on a second round or undrafted point guard, he, he's the type of guy I would want to take that chance on. Um, so that's that's how I feel with ETN. Uh, not a ton to say there, but I just think I think he's someone who doesn't get a lot of notice, but I think is a really interesting undrafted prospect who, who can who can fit on some teams and, and really potentially uh, build a career based on that scoring package he has. And then uh, Stone, if you want to take it to uh, Rokas Yokobitis real quick, you can go right ahead. You're muted, Stone. Sorry. You're good. Uh, yeah. So if you follow me on Twitter, I think um, you probably already know how much I like Rokas. Um, so the, the things that really make me consider him as almost a fringe first round guy, um, which I don't think he'll go that high, but uh, is his very impressive combination of shiftiness and balance. Um, he, he's really good at changing pace and direction uh, while always being, if he pulls up, which he has that pull up equity, um, being able to shift and, and change speeds and direction, but pull up and, and stay on balance on all of his shots uh, is something that's really impressive to me. Um, super crafty, able to find angles that I don't think a lot of people would, would usually see. Um, like I said, the, the pull-up equity is there. Uh, we're seeing in the playoffs, too, how some guys are, are struggling to create or um, stagnating their offenses when they don't have that in their uh, their offensive arsenal. Uh, with Yoku Betis, it's not really even a question for me on, on whether that'll translate. Um, the three-point shooting is really solid. Um, he's a really good movement and relocation shooter. Um, off the dribble, even, too, he shows flashes of that. <clears throat> um, they're just there's so many things for me here offensively. I'll try to run through them quickly. Um, almost always hits the, the accuracy on his passing off movement is top notch for me in this class. Like there's not many guys I would put above him. Uh, the, the, he probes a lot and um, off of his probes, being able to find guys and hit them like directly in their shooter's pocket. Um, even down to knowing kind of his, his teammates, knowing where they like to catch the ball and, and get into uh, their stance for, for release is really impressive to me because he pretty much um, calculates that and on all of his passes and knows exactly where his teammates are going to want to catch the ball and hits him directly in their shooter's pocket. Um, he uses his length well defensively, uh, but there's obviously some major concerns there, um, especially with like screen navigation. If you set a hard screen on Yoku Betis, he's just not going to get to it and you're going to get an easy open three if your uh, your guard is a three-point shooter. Um, also has really poor foot speed and recovery defensively. If he gets beat off the dribble, then that's pretty much it. It's, it's, he's not going to recover from that. Um, so those are, you know, obviously the big defensive drawbacks for him. Um, but offensively, like I said, there's, there's so much to like about him. Um, and uh, I guess the final thing I would say about his shooting too, uh, for those that may question it, is – uh, I've mentioned before, like shooting, how, how some guys have really bad misses and that can be sort of an indicator. Um, like they clank off the, you know, the 
back of the rim or off the backboard or air balls. Uh, Yoku Betis, I was hard pressed to find any of that with him. Um, pretty much any of his misses are still really like clean looks and, um, you know, aren't like two feet away from the rim or super far drifting right or left. Um, so there's a lot of intrigue there shooting ways to that and hope that that will translate. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty high in Yoku Betis, higher than probably uh, most other people, but those are, those are sort of the reasons why. Yeah, I would say uh, for me, the thing I really like about Yoko Betis is just the fact that he can be a really interesting on-ball and off-ball player. Uh, that makes a big difference. Um, but for me, I'm going to move on to – cutting out. Oh, one second. Yeah. This is so annoying if this is happening again. this better can you hear me now yeah there you go you okay. cut out pretty much like as soon as you started talking about him so okay so as soon as i started talking about yoga bitis yeah okay uh so let me go from there again uh yeah the thing i like about rokas is just that uh he has potential to be a good on ball and off ball player and that's sort of what you're looking for in a guard that's not a superstar um so there's there's a lot to like there with rokas i'm similarly high on as stone um so moving on, uh, I'm going to hit on Raekwon Gray, um, another really interesting forward prospect out of Florida State. It seems like that's sort of a factory at this point for really interesting forwards. Um, really smart uh, sort of bowling ball player. Like he looks and plays a lot like James Johnson. Um, it's almost uncanny sometimes how similar they even look. Uh, and he just he sort of brings an interesting skill level. Uh, I have a lot of questions about what translates and what doesn't, but as a player, he's a really smart passer, uh, really solid ball handler, and he's also 6'9 and moves okay. Uh, he has some lapses, uh, especially as a shooter. He seems more comfortable on sort of mid-range pull-ups than he does on anything catch and shoot. Uh, but the, but it's been proven time and time again, that there's a place in the league for, for smart forwards. Um, even if it seems like they shouldn't make it like a James Johnson or, you know, obviously the highest levels are like a Draymond green, um, same would point to Grant Williams. If you're just a smart, strong forward, uh, there's, there's a solid chance for you. Um, so, so I like Raekwon Gray, uh, not as much as some, because I think, I think the defensive court mapping isn't quite where some people see it as. I think you can miss some rotations and sort of get a little lost, especially if he gets beat on the dribble. He kind of struggles to recover and affect the play in a way you would want to see. Um, but there's there's some there's some stuff to like with Raekwon. Um, the, the thing, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say the one thing with Raekwon uh, that does worry me I like you touched on already that there is a lot of intrigue, especially with this size. Like, I mean, he looks like a rugby player playing basketball. Yeah, um, he's a tank. Yeah, but um, the, the question I get, the biggest concern I have for him, at least offensively, would be the fact that he plays so much below the rim uh, and he's not a very, like, run and jump type guy um, and he's not super tall. Um, so playing, you know, at the four or maybe even small ball five at times just because he's so massive. Um, that worries me a bit because we saw him get blocked a lot in uh, 
you can only position yourself so much before wingspan kind of takes over from that. Um, so being able, so playing below the rim as much as he does is a little, little bit of a concern for me, uh, seeing as the fact that he at this point hasn't shown um, high three point numbers uh, yet. That there there is an intrigue there in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of his his NBA projection is going to be based on whether that shooting comes around or not. Um, Davis, I was going to throw it to you for uh, Justin Champagny if you want to give me a bit of a rundown on him. Um, so I mean, the the Champagnies are they're I'm kind of uh, low on them than than he uh, than a lot of a lot of others I've seen them pretty high on boards. Uh, I didn't watch much of them though, but I do know uh, they they are pretty good scorers. They have uh, well the, the brothers, but um, they're pretty good scorers. Have good size. Uh, I like. I think I like um, the other brother a little more, but uh, I, I haven't really really watched that much of them. Um, but but it's, I think it's just because I I like other wings and like players that that kind of fill their roles and and archetypes a little more uh, which is why I haven't really watched them a lot but um yeah it's, yeah it's, I mean he, okay. he's a he's a solid he's a solid maybe maybe like a two-way guy for me but maybe if I watch him more I'll, I'll get a little high a little higher on him What's sort of interesting about the Champagnies is how different they are. Um, I'll break down Justin just really quickly. Uh, Justin played at Pitt um, and was sort of this, like, athletic rim-running forward, despite being only 6'6". Um, almost played like a center. Uh, one of the better rebounders in this draft, uh, for whatever that's worth. And, you know, moves really well on a straight line, pretty good vertical athlete. Uh, jump shot is a little bit away. Decision making is a little bit away. So it's it's sort of with Justin all about like what level of athlete is he? I would say he's not quite the athlete I'm looking for if I'm going to take a player with that skill set. I you know I, if I was going to take that chance, I'd want it to be with someone who I could really bet on as an absolutely elite athlete. In a way, I just don't think I can um, with Justin. But there's some intrigue there just based on just based on his production. He's one of those players that's that's ranked highly, mostly based on production at the college level, not necessarily projection to the NBA, and just, just hoping that that production can can carry over. Um, but Stone, I'll throw it to you to break down the brother. Yeah. Um, so Julian, I'm actually significantly higher on than, than Justin, um, yeah. just because of the fact that Julian is more of a three-level scorer at this point. Um, he shows a lot. Uh, it's really impressive, actually, the way he gets his shots. Um, he's a little bit bigger, but actually plays smaller than his brother. Um, he's able to – he has good shooting off movement, too, um, able to shoot off the dribble, um, kind of gets to his spots. He knows exactly where he's going to go and where he wants to shoot and, and gets his shots off effectively. Um, so – the. And the other thing too with uh, Julian for me is how his finishing looks. He's really, really strong. Um, he's able to kind of get, like I said, he, he's able to pick his spots and get to where he wants to go. Uh, can get in position to better his shots, better his looks. 
Um, he's really manipulative with his hesitations and handles too, uh, which for a guy his size is really impressive. You don't see many forwards being able to do that. Um, good straight line speed for how big he is. Um, so there's a lot to like with Julian. I actually have him like borderline first round, um, which is obviously really high for most people, I think. Um, good pull-up shooter has that pull-up equity that we've talked about already. Um, really smart cutter too. Offensively, just really um, knows where to be and what he wants to do, um, maximizes his, his strengths. Um, so I'm really in on Julian. Uh, I know some people um, may not be, uh, but I like him considerably more than his brother, actually, uh, even though the mainstream seems to be flipped uh, on that conversation. Yeah, I think the the conversation around the Champagne brothers has been really interesting. Um, I'm with you where I like Julian quite a bit more, but I don't like Julian as much as I've seen some people. Like, there's there's quite a few people who who really buy Julian. Um, it's not just you, Stone, and and I have some questions. I don't like he's a good shooter, but I don't think he's like a great NBA shooter. Still has a pretty exaggerated dip off the catch, um, and the pull up mechanics can can be kind of iffy. I do like the finishing, the cutting, smart player. It's just going to be with him. I think a lot of it's just going to be a matter of how good of a defensive player can he be? Because I, I see the offensive role pretty, you know, it's, I think it's pretty set in stone. He's not ever going to be like an elite scorer, but he's like six, seven moves pretty well and, and shoots like that's enough to sort of give you a floor offensively. It's just going to be a matter of, is he a good enough defender? Um, and there's, there's signs either way on defense. Um, really inconsistent with rotations and sort of the basic understandings you're looking for, but has some good uh, moments as a mover, as I mentioned, really good mover at six, eight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I like Champagne, um, you know, but there, there's some other guys who, who I like a bit more. Um, so, so now we're going to hit a stretch of uh, a, a trio of shooters um i'll talk i'll talk first about sam hauser from the university of virginia um just uh, he's six he's six 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 seven six eight somewhere in there and he shoots that's sort of the the entire projection uh with hauser he doesn't do a lot else he, he's he's pretty much a complete disaster on defense um you know like someone like Corey kispert has a lot more vertical athleticism and it has a better sense for how to make rotations. Uh, I think Hauser's really slow uh, laterally. He's going to really struggle with 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 any quick wings, um, and his his vertical athleticism isn't great either. He he clearly is smart. He, he tends to be in the right spot, but being in the right spot only matters so much if you don't have the athleticism to affect that. Um, so, you know, Hauser, as, as well as these next couple guys we're going to hit on, um, are just sort of – you're just sort of taking bets on these guys shooting being enough to, to, to give them an NBA spot and then them developing from there. Uh, so, Davis, I'll throw it to you for the next shooter. Yeah, so uh, Joe Weiskamp or Weiskamp, some people say it different, but um, another really good shooter, he's about – Six six, I think six seven, so good size for a shooting guard. But um, uh, he just like just like Hauser on on shooting. Uh, Hauser might be a little better of a shooter, but uh, Weiskamp is 
is quite a bit better as a defender. I think um, he's not going to like lock anybody up, but I don't think he's, he's necessarily like a negative on that end. Um, but yeah, his main thing is just going to be his shooting. Uh, he doesn't take a lot of dumb threes though. Like he doesn't force threes. Usually they're always pretty good, pretty open looks. Um, but yeah, uh, his shooting is going to be his main thing. What, what gets him in the league or not. And um, if he can, if he can get that, that defense together and even be a, even like semi good defender, I think he might have a spot. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll hit on the, the last of this trio here. Uh, probably who I'm highest of out of the three here would be uh, John Pitty. Uh, we've seen him, you know, for what feels like 15 years at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> He's, but uh he obviously older prospect too, um, but like he's going late in the late in the second if he does get drafted. Um, so what I what I do like about him is he moves pretty well off ball. Um, he has a good sense of who has the ball and and when they have it and where to place himself in order to uh, position himself to score. Uh, because he is a good off ball uh, shooter too. He gets off of. Um, relocation and out of uh, motion really well, um, shoots in rhythm. Uh, one thing we've seen with Petty uh, over these past several years is how streaky he can be. Um, you know, he's a guy who can go for three, four straight, uh, then miss his next two or three. Um, so he's really up and down as a shooter. Um, but obviously, I, I think I just buy the way he gets his shots more than the other two out of this trio. Um, and then defensively, he's not bad, I would say. Um, he has opportunity to be a net neutral defensively, I would say, at least as a guard defender. Um, he, he's a little undersized in terms of being able to probably guard uh, bigger wings and forwards. Um, but I think he's strong enough to be able to keep up with all of these guards. Um, and, you know, maybe not lock them down, but stick with them a bit and make life a little more difficult for them. Um, and the thing with all three of these guys too is they're just not going to create for themselves much. Um, they're just not going to get their own shots. Uh, and that's especially also applicable for, for Petty here. Uh, none of these three guys are going to put the ball on the ground and, and you know make for any shots for themselves or others. Uh, but that's not really going to be the role they're asked to be in either. So um, uh, out of the three, I would say Petty is my favorite, um, just like I said, because of how he gets his shots. Uh, but really here, it's as uh, chucking darts like this, likes to say, it's kind of just chucking your dart at a board with these three uh, and we'll see yeah. if it sticks. Yeah, uh, I, I would say none of the three get dropped. Maybe one of the three gets drafted. I'd be shocked if two do, um, to be honest. But uh, speaking of yeah. which, we're going to move on to uh, someone who definitely should get drafted. Uh, someone who has absolutely shot up my board um, since I started watching him, and that is uh, Mario Nakic. Um, or maybe it's Nakic. I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, but really, like, just a really awesome, awesome shooter um, and, and a really good ball handler. Uh, so he plays in Europe. Um, sort of someone who was on my radar early in the season uh, I to the extent that I sort of had him and Giddy in, in like the same tier in the preseason. Um, but then, you know, Nockage sort of fell off and I wasn't watching him much. 
Then I saw he declared and I, and I just recently dove into his tape and was really impressed. Um, the first thing that stands out with Nokic is that he is a, a really good shooter with a lot of versatility on that shot. Um, can, can shoot off movement uh, really good. His, his, his best play is sort of like a DHO from the corner where he's coming off that handoff and just pulling up. It looks a lot like, like a Joe Harris play. Um, he reminds me a lot of one of my favorite European players who I still think should be in the NBA, uh, Axel Boutier, um, another just excellent shooter with some ball handling equity. Um, and that's the thing that separates Nokic, I think, from the last three guys we talked about, we talked about is that ball handling equity. Um, he's not a super athlete. He doesn't have a ton of burst, but he's really smooth, really crafty, um, an excellent feel for using that hang dribble and hesitations to sort of get get into the paint sort of in a Joe Ingles-esque way where it's just somehow he lives in the paint despite not being very athletic. And it really works for him. It's, it's really impressive to watch. Um, and there's a lot to like there. Uh, Stone, uh, how do you feel about Nokic? I know you love him as well. Yeah, I'm super high on Nokic. I have him top 40 currently and with room to even move up on my board. Although, unfortunately, I, I would be very surprised if he did get drafted come draft night. Uh, it just doesn't seem to have enough buzz at this point around him. Uh, but you never know. Some guys you know, make those surprise, uh, surprise picks there. Um, like you mentioned, uh, he's really, really good shooter, uh, especially off movement and off the dribble. That's what really is probably his biggest selling point. Um, he's six foot eight, 20 years old. Uh, actually played in the same league as Vrenz, who we also, um, we all know how much all of us love Vrenz here on this, on this show. Um, <clears throat> had actually, uh, was tied for the number one standing in, in the same league as friends in the Belgian league. Um, really creative and crafty, like you said, uh, just really knows how to, I don't want to say uh, compare him to anybody, but like he, he feels like a Showtime Lakers kind of player where like he just like makes those kind of flashy, but like uh, significant moves to, you know, crafty and creative stuff. Um, I don't want to say like Magic Johnson because obviously he's not Magic Johnson, but you, you kind of get my drift there. Um, really good shooter. Like I said, that I mean, I can't really undersell how much of a good shooter he is because I think it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, so I'm just going to keep harping on that point. Um, and really strong ball handler too for his size. He's 6'8", he's but he kind of plays like a point guard at times. Um, even though he's good at like uh, Jokovic is playing on and off ball. Um, so that gives him a little bit more lineup versatility for whatever team takes him. Um, I really like him, like like you as well. Uh, like I said, I would take him top 40, uh, but hopefully he does get drafted. Um, unfortunately, at this point, though, my hopes aren't, aren't super high for that. Yeah, um, I actually do think he will get drafted just because I think we're going to see a lot of stash guys get drafted this year. Um, and we're going so fast. That might even be something we talk about really quickly at the end of the, at the end of this. Um, but we're going to move on to another uh, wing that I love and that's Derek Alston jr. Um, he's someone who I've been in on for a while. Uh, I live up close to Boise state and I have family in Boise. So I always sort of pay attention uh, to Boise state. Actually, I even graduated from the same high school as Leon Rice, their head coach. So, you know, Boise State holds a special place in my heart. 
And uh, Derek Olson Jr. has been their best player for uh, a couple of years now. And there's some intrigue there. He's six nine. I mean, rail thin. Maybe the like he's like Poku Bulbul levels of skinny compared to his height. Um, really, uh, but I would say he moves similarly to Poku and that it, it's really smooth. He's, he's a guard for a reason. Uh, he, he, he really fills that role, um, moves really well, uh, can handle the ball, can shoot a little bit, especially off pull-ups. He's one of those players, like a lot of players who, who played with the ball in their hands for a while, who seem to be more comfortable with pull-ups. Um, but for me, the thing that impresses me about Alston is that he can sort of live at the rim despite not being an elite athlete. Uh, he gets he gets the ball right at the front of the rim all the time. Um, and, and for someone who's 6'9", the ability to break the paint like that is really impressive, even if he hasn't quite learned how to uh, be an elite passer out of those situations. Just getting there time after time is really, really impressive. And uh, I, I think he's someone who should get more draft buzz because, to me, he's very much a draftable player and uh, a player who I, who I really like watching. And I think that if he gets with a team that knows how to use him can be a really, really interesting uh, NBA player. Yeah, um, I agree with much of that. I'm, I've been an Austin fan for quite a while now, too. Um, <clears throat> I'm not really sure Boise has really figured out how to use him properly because he is such a funky player. It is difficult. Um, I think he's put in a lot of situations where he's kind of uh, forced to be like the lead ball handler at times, and he's just not that. Uh, I don't think he's someone you really want to put the ball in his hands too often. Um, he's not really a great ball handler at this point. Um, but that said, uh, like, like you touched on his passing, uh, even though he, he might not create as many advantages as, as you would like, uh, his passing is really good for his size. Um, his length, he utilizes well, uh, like you said, at finishing too. Um, I mean, he pretty much always is able to get around or um, finish over guys, I think, a lot, just because of how well he utilizes his length. Um, he can make plays off the move. Uh, when he's driving, he's able to find guys in uh, the corners and things like that. Um, almost similar in some ways to a guy we talked about earlier this year with Delano Banton, um, just kind of those really long, lanky, tall guys who um, have some guard skills. Uh, the shooting is uh, is really really off and on. Um, uh, we talked about bad misses, and Austin has um, definitely has some of those. Uh, I mean, there's shots where he shoots it, and it comes like three or four feet short of the rim. It's just like a complete lack of feel at times. But then at other times, he's uh, coming off screens and off movement and totally sinks them. Uh, so it's kind of a mixed bag in that area. Um, but all in all, I, he's a funky player, but um, if used properly and in the right context, I think can be really productive for a team. Um, so he is someone I think I would definitely consider drafting near the end uh, of the second round. Yeah, uh, I think the, the last thing I'll hit on with Alston is that shot. Um, he sort of does like that lean back, uh, like slingshot jumper that you see from a lot of guys built like him. Um, like sort of like, Kevin Durant, but without the smoothness, where it's just when you're that skinny, you're trying to generate extra power. So you bring it up on the side of your body and kind of sling it. And it leads to some bad misses, especially left or right. Uh, it's not even necessarily long or short. It's just 
I mean, he, he would kind of hit the backboard because uh, he was just way too right on it. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be like an elite, elite shooter, but uh, just, just that package, you know, every draft, as much as we can speak all the time about how deep this draft is, it's not going to have 60 NBA players. Um, so someone like Alston, who has a real chance to be a, if things work out, like a really valuable NBA player to me is worth that pick in the second round and uh, deserves more attention. Um, we're going to move quickly to uh, another interesting sort of wing guard uh, athlete from Kansas, and that's Ochai Agbaji. Um, Agbaji is someone who I think has been sort of taken for granted because just like Petty, seems like he's sort of been in this like draftable range forever. Uh, but there's still some skills there that are pretty enticing. A really good athlete, vertically, laterally, um, you know, not quite in like the levels of a book night or a Keon Johnson, but sort of in that level below uh, just, and it's really functional. He really knows how to use it. He really knows how to use his burst, especially defensively. Uh, he can get around screens. And then if someone gets a step, really erase that step um, very quickly. The shooting and, and the passing and decision-making are sort of the questions with him. Um, I think the shot looks okay. He's just not super comfortable with it yet. Uh, again, someone who's more comfortable with sort of mid-range pull-ups than, than three-point jumpers, and that's just not something role players get to take really in the NBA. Um, but that athleticism, that defensive potential, um, it, it at least deserves a look. Um, I don't have him quite in my draftable tier but he'd be one of the first players i would give a two-way contract uh after going undrafted in this year's draft because he he has the potential to be a a really solid two-way uh shooting guard wing um uh davis do you have any thoughts on ochayag baji um i mean i did watch a little bit of him um i think if he if he can get a more consistent three-point shot that'll help out a lot because like you said he, he did seem a bit uncomfortable at times um but i mean kansas was kind of disappointing this year and and he at least was kind of a bright spot for them um but i do think he, he's, he's a three and d wing uh, but but he he has some intrigue to him um i'm not sure if i draft him i think he's in my 70s right now on my board but um i i I wouldn't mind giving them a two-way yeah um and then davis do you want to take it to our last guy yeah so our last guy um i think that's how you say it is yves ponds um the the frenchman from tennessee uh he clearly has one of the best names in the draft um but outside of that he's just really kind of fun funny to watch he's kind of like like a like a goofy type of player like a wrecking ball like I'm he's just really really funny and really fun to watch um he's a heck of an athlete he has like springs um in his shoes or something but um he, the offensive game just really isn't there and I think that's the main thing with with Pond um he's only shot like 20 something percent from three uh, he did shoot good from the free throw line this year, but um, I don't think it's really enough to to buy the the shot, the outside shot. Um, 
but he's a really good rim protector. Um, he's a little undersized, but uh, as terms of height, but he's got really big frame um, and, he's, and he's pretty, pretty strong. Uh, but the defense is, is really good. He's just, I think he's just a little too undersized and there, there's just not enough offensive game for him to, to really get drafted. But um, if he can even get that shot a little bit more consistent, um, I think, at least in my opinion, I would consider it, but there's, there's just, he's, there's still just not enough for, for me to put him over some other guys just due to a lack of, of offense and shooting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a pretty big proponent of Eve Pons um, during his time at Tennessee. Uh, like Davis mentioned, I mean, his athleticism is, is, otherworldly like he's an insane insane athlete like Greg Brown gets a lot of credit as being one of the better athletes in this draft which he is uh but Eve Pond definitely deserves some as well um he is I mean basically has the skill set of like a center but is six six so yeah some really like like Davis said just really funky um he has a really good second jump um that's a big um reason why he's able to uh, be the rim protector that he is, um, standing only at 6'6". Uh, great jump, great athleticism, um, really good recovery when he's beat off the dribble on the perimeter. Uh, someone where if he gets blown by, um, the, the play's not over. There's, <clears throat> there's still a lot of uh, room for optimism that he can, you know, uh, swat the shot off the backboard and um, contest it and get there in time. Um, he has a really crazy vertical, um, like I said, uh, it makes him a valuable lob threat. That's kind of the only way I see him being any sort of offensive contributor on the other end is being uh, just a guy who can roll on the dunker spot and uh, get easy putbacks and in tip-ins and things like that uh, because he's not going to be a guy that um, will ever be someone who can generate his own sort of offense. Um, <clears throat> he shows glimpses here and there of maybe being a guy who can um, – if he's op- if you leave him open, can hit an open three pointer. Um, yeah. But he's already twenty two, uh, so pretty much anything that he offers outside of, like I said, the easy kind of um, second chance points and uh, easy lob threats and things like that. Any anything outside of that, that that develops would be just sort of icing on the cake offensively. Um, I don't think you're really expecting that from him when when you do draft him or if you draft him. Um, but that. The athleticism and defense um, is a gamble, I think, that's worth taking uh, late in the second because um, it is just really kind of a fun player and um, not something you see too often. So if, if put in the right context, I think it can be sort of a mismatch. And someone who has potential maybe to guard uh, one through four and, and maybe even some small ball fives just because of uh, how smart of a defender paired with that athleticism. Uh, but like Davis said, offensively, he's pretty much a, a negative on that end. Yeah, uh, so I'll, I'll touch on Eve Pons just quickly. Uh, he, he's sort of just like a – like he's the type of guy who is just like I feel like you want to bet on him because he's such a unique talent. Um, I mean, you just don't see many players like that. Uh, it's funny because he's like built exactly like Admiral Schofield which is a guy who I really liked a couple drafts ago um, and hasn't quite found a role, but obviously completely different play types, but both from Tennessee. Um, I actually think he does have potential to just like play the five 
like just be a pure five at the next level because of that vertical athleticism. Um, and he's built strong enough that I, he could be a really interesting bench five uh, and maybe even like a, like someone who closes games. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Um, so that's everyone we have on the list. We've kind of blown through this. I'm, I'm proud yeah. of this. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to let, – let's just toss it around for a second. Like is there anyone else on your guys' boards who you just want to give like a quick shout-out to who we haven't hit on? Because uh, this is kind of our last shot. You know, we might be able to talk about some guys uh, yeah. uh, when we're with talking with the members from each team. But for now, uh, let's just – Stone, I'll throw it to you first. Are there – you know, just give me a couple guys who, who we didn't get to talk about on your board who, who you think are kind of interesting. Um, Man, uh, that's tough. I'll, I'll throw a, a trio of international guards and tell me if you guys have any thoughts on them. Uh, Carlos Allison, uh, Jihan uh, Bejerin is how I pronounce it. I know there's uh, probably not the right way. Um, and then uh, Malcolm Calazon. Those three guys, uh, especially Calazon, is someone I've watched for a while now. Um, those three guys have some intrigue for me, uh, just as uh, flyers kind of late in the draft. Um, especially Bejerin, he's, he's the youngest of them but probably has the most um athletic upside and he's like six six or six seven as a point guard which is really intriguing um so do, do you guys have any thoughts on those three um so um, for me oh go ahead Davis. uh i mean uh, as far as like international goes i do need to watch a lot of a lot of more guys i i do uh, like johan i don't know how to say his name either juhan <laughs> uh, but he he is the highest out of out of those three on on my board. Like you said, it's just the athleticism. Um, he's pretty good size for for a guard, and um, he's he's the youngest of the of those three that you mentioned. Um, he's actually an active defender on defense, from what I've seen too. Uh, that gets gets quite a bit of steals and and blocks, but um, the jumper obviously needs improvement. But he he's he's really young, so I kind of I kind of like him as a, uh, as an under the radar guy, for sure. Yeah. Um, for me, Carlos Allison is probably the one I like most out of those guys. Uh, similar to Roca Betis and that he, or Yoka Betis, excuse me, and that he's just really crafty. Um, but none of those guys are really guys I would, uh, I would draft. Maybe Kazalon is, is maybe the closest I would draft because I think if you squint, you could see him more as a wing than a guard. Um, six five, but I think he's pretty long, um, yeah. and not not a bad lateral athlete at all. Um, so he could have a spot, uh, and I think all of them have a chance to get drafted because because like I mentioned, like there is a very serious chance that a lot of international guys go um, and get stashed because so many teams have multiple second round picks um, that they could just not want to use them and just save them up and. Uh, and draft some draft some international guys instead. Yeah, um, I, I think Kazalon is is actually pretty interesting. Um, just as a scorer in the way he gets his shots, um, he's he's a pretty good ball handler too for his size. So being able to be a guard slash wing uh, also adds some more versatility to a team. Uh, but like you mentioned, it's going to be a lot of probably drafting stashes in this, um, and it's difficult to pick out which ones will get get picked. Uh, in this draft um but I, I would say he might have 
one of the most, uh, maybe the most buzz out of those three uh, within draft circles. Um, so that, that might be a reason why he hears his name called uh, come draft night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll pull out a couple. Um, Darius Days is someone that really interests me. Um, <laughs> Stone shakes his head. Uh, <laughs> Days is, is uh, he also fits that sort of is fat uh, potential in disguise. He's, he's about 6'10", you know, bigger, but has shown the, uh, the ability to shoot. Um, somewhat smart on defense and a really good rebounder. Uh, sometimes you just need guys like that, especially if you can play center um, as sort of a big forward, small ball center who you can just put out in some minutes and and can help space the floor. I think could be a really interesting fit for a team with a young guard who you want to develop because I've always thought that if you have a young guard, you want to give him multiple looks with the big. Uh, I think like Shea Gilders Alexander this year was the perfect example. Um, he learned how to play with a pick and pick and pop big uh, with uh, Al Horford, but then he also sort of developed how to find role men. Um, so I, days could be an interesting take there. Um, and then I'll also point out, um, I'll point out uh, Santi Aldama. Um, one of the smarter defenders in this class, uh, good passer to uh, just sort of a guy who you worry that he's just not quite athletic enough. Um, but there's some stuff to like there. Played at a small school uh, and could potentially could potentially find a role in the NBA. Uh, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on any of those guys. Yeah, uh, I, I would actually going to mention Abdama as one of my guys. I actually like him a lot, too. Um, really good, really good defender. I know he kind of played at a lower competition. Um, it's still D1, but just a mid-major type of school. Uh, he, he shoots like 30, 36 or like the high 30s from three. So um, that's pretty intriguing as well. But um, he, he has he's kind of like, uh, like, I don't know if he's a, a really good pastor, like a, like who we talked about earlier, like Sandro. But um, I do I do like his passing ability and and uh, his, his awareness and even off the ball movement. So I, I kind of do like Aldama. Yeah. Um. Real quick, you said you had days listed at six ten. Um. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. I I don't know. I that's just off the top of my head. To be honest, okay. I. Gotcha. What, what is he actually? Is he actually six eight? Probably. Yeah, he's like six seven. Because. Oh wow. I remember it being uh, yeah a bit shorter. I I was just genuinely curious if that was a listing you had because I was like, dang, he grew. Um. But. Yeah, days is not a guy I I personally like because. I just don't really see what he does besides like shoot offensively. Like what else is he going to do besides like stand in the corner and be PJ Tucker, I guess. Um, but not as good as a defender as PJ Tucker. Um, so that's probably why I'm a little bit more out on days. Um, and then I, I guess the last two guys here, I'll just mention quickly are the two Matthews, Matthew Mayer and um, uh, Matthew Hurt. And then um if you guys have any thoughts on uh, Patrisev. So uh, is there anyone you like more than the other out of those three or there any of those three guys you would consider drafting? Um, I know Meyer's gotten some uh, crazy hype on draft Twitter that I personally cannot wrap my head around, but um, uh, is there any of those three guys that you like at all? Davis, I'll let you take that one first. 
Um, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I like any of them, um, <laughs> but, but I, I would have Petrusev higher than the higher of, of those three. I, I just like the, uh, he's pretty skilled for, for being a big and being how tall he is. Um, I didn't watch extremely a lot of his international tape, but I do remember a lot of his Gonzaga days. Um, but, but yeah, I, I would put Petrusev a little, quite a bit higher than, than the other two. I think Hurt, Hurt is probably in the seventies, and then Mayer is probably around there too. But um, I, I think I have Petrusev actually in, in the draftable range just because his is his build and kind of archetype that he's he's grown into being. So these are three guys who I just really don't get it with, uh, like really at a hall. And I, and I don't want to hate on any of them. They're all very good basketball, but everyone, I, it should be said blanket. Everyone who ever gets mentioned on a podcast like this is very good at basketball. Like they would all crush the three of us in a one-on-three game. Like this is not even <laughs> like a question. Um, but like, I don't see any of them really as NBA players, uh, I think Petrushev, like, I saw one thing that was, like, absolutely insane. It was, like, he's literally a more athletic Jokic, and just know he's not. He's he's (laughs) not. But there's some intrigue there. Uh, I I think he's not really, like, a great passer. If I remember right, the assist numbers, even at Gonzaga, like, looked okay. But he really only passes out of the post. He doesn't have a ton of versatility on that. Um, if the three pointer comes around, maybe he can find some minutes as like a, you know, like a post up big who can shoot threes, but he's pretty rough defensively. He doesn't move laterally very well. Okay. As a rim protector, but in the NBA with those athletes, I I don't know if that's going to translate at all. Um, and then Meyer is the one that I, that I feel like I, I get the love with the least, even though he's probably the highest of these guys on my board. I, I just, I don't necessarily understand why some people are so high on him. I've seen him like some people say he's like almost a lottery talent. And I, and I, and I find that to be absurd. Um, he, <laughs> he is like a good shooter, an okay ball handler at six, nine, uh, but he's not a good passer. He's a pretty rough decision maker. Honestly, he, he makes some really bad decisions um, both on and off the ball. Uh, as a defender, he has good hands, but he's not a great, like, side-to-side mover. Um, and he's not a great rim protector either. Um, he can sort of do some help side stuff, but he's the one of these three who I think could make it, but I, I still don't really love it. Um, and then Matthew Hurt, I honestly don't really see as a prospect at all. He's just – he he's – probably the worst like most damaging defender in this draft yeah um really the shot isn't if his shot isn't on he's not doing nothing yeah yeah and he like he's not <laughs> a good passer either it's just it's just like sort of rough uh with him uh, i think i have him in my tier that's called not really a prospect and that's not meant to be a knock on him it's just like that shooting only does so much and it's not a versatile shot because it's so like it's literally like Larry Bird esque in terms of like how it looks, which Larry Bird was a great shooter in the 80s, but 
in the modern NBA, that shot doesn't fly for a reason. It's because you can't move with it. You know, he, he has almost no versatility on it. Like he can, he can hit some pull-ups, but they're really slow. And then he hits those post fadeaways, but it's just, I don't really get it with him at all, to be honest. Um, but yeah, with, with those guys, you know, I wish them all the best, but I, I don't have any of them really even close to draftable. Yeah, yeah I, I don't either. <laughs> I did want to bring just one person up because I did a catch some film on him, like a whole thread. I know it was actually, he was actually pretty intriguing, and that's uh, Javion Hamlet. He went to North Texas. Um, he had quite a uh, quite a bit of a run in in the March Madness. They upset Purdue, and then they lost the next game. But he still had a good game in that in that loss. But um, the whole thread was mainly just like his touch, his floaters, and then his inside game. Um, his free throw percentage is really good. He's just a really good shooter. Um, he's a little undersized, but he still managed to grab like four and a half rebounds, uh, like four assists. So he just he's got a solid all-around game. I know he went to a small mid-major, but but the the touch and the um the finishing were were pretty intriguing when 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 I watched it. Yeah, Hamlet is someone I didn't really notice until the tournament, but there's definitely some stuff to like there. Solid athlete too. Um so yeah, there, there's some stuff to like there with him. Um, do we got anyone else? Uh, I think that's everyone I've been kidding on. Okay. Um, you know, uh, with that being said, we're not going to rank these guys because, uh, there's too many. too many. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we just, you we're, we're sort of hitting this point, you know, we're wrapping up sort of this part of the coverage of the draft cycle. And, uh, we've, we've grown a lot since we first started our, our partnership with halftime has been amazing uh you know i expect us to continue growing as we get to um as we get to closer into draft season post the playoffs uh and you know we'll be talking with people from every team and it's just really exciting and we just want to thank everyone for uh supporting us um and helping us out you know we love doing this uh and yeah it's hard to say 100 yep just hit 100 followers on twitter um and, and we're averaging almost 100, 100 listeners per podcast at this point, per new podcast. Um, so we just want to thank everyone uh, for listening to us, for supporting us. It's been an awesome experience. This is this is easily my favorite part of uh, being a part of Draft Twitter to do. Uh, these two guys that I do it with are awesome. Uh, it's been great to meet them and, uh, and, and grow through this. So uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, Stone, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Uh, yeah, um, I just want to thank people too. Um, it, it has been a really uh, incredible experience for all three of us, I think. Um, <clears throat> it's helped me. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time, but it's helped me even uh, better hone in on uh, my, my evaluations of, of guys. Um, so thank you to those people that have uh, helped us to continue to do this. Uh, those at halftime that, that um, have helped us to grow as well. Um, and uh, I guess I'll just plug a couple of things for the podcast. We already mentioned that um, the series that we're going to be doing um, also uh, lottery night, um, the halftime app, we'll be doing a live reaction show and uh, make sure you follow us too uh, on Twitter at upside swings. And um, you can keep up to date when we have those live uh, halftime shows because we do do them weekly, uh, even though it's not a set time per week. Um, also, uh, you can follow me at report underscore court on Twitter. 
I'll be posting um, all of my draft thoughts and uh, anything I will work on will be up there. Uh, and then um, including atline.com, um, which is where I, I update all the mock drafts uh, for 2021 and 2022. Um, and yeah, just thanks for uh, helping us through this incredible experience. It's been a lot of fun and uh, we're looking forward to uh, the big series that we have coming up. Absolutely. Davis? Yeah, so ditto what Stone and, and Bryce said. Just thanks for everyone that follows along. And thank thank you uh, especially to, to Stone and Bryce for giving me this opportunity to, to get involved with with the NBA Draft Twitter and, and a bunch of other stuff. So um, with that being said, you can, you can find me at Twitter. On Twitter, I mean at Sports by Davis, um, Big Boards, Mock Drafts, 2021 and 22. Uh, big boards right now and then uh once the lottery set after that live lottery show i'll do a uh, we'll probably all do do a mock draft um in with the exact order yeah uh we're looking forward to that and uh i'm at bryce hendrick 14 on twitter um you can find all my stuff as well as the stuff from a lot of other great people uh on roll call sports um really excellent site uh that that's our host website for this as well so definitely uh, give that place check it out uh, you won't regret it there's a lot of great nba and draft stuff and uh thanks to everyone guys um this has been awesome uh we hope we see you for uh the start of our big series it's going to be a lot of fun um but we've been the upside swings draft podcast uh we hope we hit our ceiling thank you <laughs>